Welcome to Season 2 of the Just for a Change podcast, powered by the Bertha Centre for Social Innovation and Entrepreneurship. We love hearing and sharing stories about social innovation happening both locally and outside our borders in the Global South. In Season 2, we put the spotlight on changemakers behind some incredibly innovative approaches and solutions while creating systemic change. And we're also curious to find out what keeps them going. Join us as we discover how these changemakers are changing the way we're changing the world. Hi everyone, I'm Christina and I help develop impact economies. Welcome to the 2021 GSG Impact Summit. So the fundamental question underpinning this summit is, how can we challenge the system and change it? We therefore have designed the agenda around four key themes. How do we mobilize significantly more capital to achieve the SDGs and climate targets urgently? How can we truly embrace emerging economies as engines of impact? How can we ensure that we always look at green and social for all solutions? How can we push for even more impact transparency? We are offering a space for all of us to to take a step back, look at common challenges through a new lens and get inspired by concrete solutions to problems that got exacerbated by the pandemic. The aim is that collectively we can courageously and generously act for the radical transformations that we need to see in our world. Welcome to season two of the Just for a Change podcast with me, your host, Kinzi Khadebe. If you're new to the Just for a Change podcast and are perhaps not familiar with Bertha Center, we're passionate about finding innovative ways to solve real world problems be that through health systems innovation, education and youth innovation or innovative finance solutions. One aspect of innovative finance is impact investment, which is what we'll be discussing today in light of the recent GSG Impact Summit. The Global Steering Group for Impact Investment, also known as GSG, is a global organization that catalyzes impact investment and entrepreneurship to benefit people and the planet. They bring together leaders from finance, business, and philanthropy to solve some of the world's most pressing social and environmental challenges. In basic terms, impact investments are investments made with the intention to generate positive, measurable social and environmental impact alongside a financial return. One can also look at it as the range of investment opportunities that exist between traditional investment, which seeks financial returns regardless of environmental, social, or governance factors, and philanthropy, which disregards financial returns in favor of social and environmental solutions. So if you were going to imagine a spectrum with traditional investment on one side and philanthropy on the other side, impact investments would fall between these two worlds. Impact investors usually see opportunities where traditional investors see challenges. There's no denying that the Global South is full of opportunities disguised as challenges, opportunities to make even small systemic changes in order to create lasting impact. One example of a financial instrument that is a vehicle for impact investment is a social impact bond. The Impact Bond Innovation Fund, IBIF, is a South African outcome-based financing mechanism that seeks to improve early childhood learning and development outcomes in the Western Cape. This innovative financing mechanism represents the first social impact bond focused on early childhood development to be launched in the Global South. The majority of South Africa's children are born into environments where mothers have little access to high-quality maternal, newborn, and child health services. Children also suffer from a lack of nutrition, security, and social protection, inadequate living environments, and limited opportunities for quality early learning and stimulation. 
All of this contributes to the fact that the majority of South Africa's children have little chance to live up to their full potential. However, an investment in ECD, education focus in the first five years of a child's life, has been shown to yield higher returns in terms of human development than the equivalent investment in primary, secondary, or even university education. A social impact bond typically involves an agreement between a government and service providers, such as social enterprises or nonprofit organizations and investors, to pay for the delivery of predefined social outcomes. Socially motivated investors shoulder the risk knowing that repayment is dependent upon the meeting of agreed targets. The successful launch of the Impact Bond Innovation Fund in the Western Cape in 2018 started to pave the way for the use of innovative financial mechanisms and public-private partnerships to boost public service outcomes in South Africa. It is the culmination of more than four years of research and discussion between the Western Cape Department of Social Development and the Bertha Centre, along with several other NGOs and stakeholders. A social impact bond is a model that measures, in this case, the impact of ECD interventions on the child. This focuses all parties' attention on what we ultimately want to achieve. For example, has the child hit the appropriate developmental milestones and are they ready to learn by the time they get to school? Whereas other interventions such as funding for staff, teaching time or building materials have a lower direct impact on the desired outcomes for early childhood development. But before I get ahead of myself, I'd like to welcome Misha Mora Joshi, the Innovative Finance Code Lead at the Bertha Centre for Social Innovation and Entrepreneurship. The Bertha Centre is also the Secretariat for Impact Investing South Africa, the National Advisory Board contributing to the GSG Impact Summit. Misha, welcome to the show. I'm excited to dive into this topic with you and the other guests who will be joining us later. Thanks, Kente. Good to be here. Misha, it's been really interesting to note how investors have gradually been making a shift where they consider social and environmental issues in decision-making. In episode 10 of season one of Just for a Change, we mentioned that almost a third of global assets under management now have some sort of impact filter or consideration for environmental, social, and governance concerns. Yes, Kente, it's amazing to see the sector growing. And I think we'll continuously want to see more growth and more people seeing a vision for what is possible in the Global South in particular, especially when it comes to impact investing. There's so much to be done and so many amazing, feasible opportunities on the continent. We heard a lot about this at the summit recently. And maybe, Misha, if I could delve a little bit deeper into that, what was the one surprising element that came out of that summit about sort of the, the growth of impact investing on the continent that you think is really important for us to know? Yeah, so I think in say, the African regional session, which took place as part of the 2021 GSG Global Impact Summit, was really well attended. In fact, it was the most well attended of all the regional sessions. What we learned there was really how impact investors are turning challenges into opportunities. Sure, that's amazing. The global influence of the GSG is built on a unique and growing group of national advisory boards, currently made up of 28 national and regional advisory boards representing 32 countries. Organizations like the GSG play a significant role in driving critical conversations from the national level and sharing learnings between global peers. Events and opportunities for networking, like the GSG's Global Impact Investing Summit, provide professionals with the chance to champion various countries as investment destinations. 
The 2021 GSG Global Impact Summit, which took place in October, brought together diverse voices from across the global impact community. The event included more than 1,100 participants from 43 countries on a journey to explore the most pressing shared challenges, innovative solutions, and collaborative actions in the global impact investment movement. Delegates represented all pillars of the impact ecosystem, such as investors, asset managers, market builders, government, entrepreneurs, academics, and more. Though there were many thought-provoking sessions over the three days, Misha, the Africa Regional Session was really exciting and a great opportunity to update the impact investing community at large about the changing sands in Africa. And I think for us at Bertha, it was really important to connect to the SDGs, which come up a lot in our work. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, sure, Kente. In terms of the SDGs, Africa is definitely the largest impact investment opportunity in the world. The regional session was really well attended and we saw a growing understanding globally that the SDGs are not just some sort of collective obligation, but they also present legitimate financial opportunity for investors. With Africa having the furthest way to go in reaching the SDGs, the investment opportunities on the continent are literally in the billions of US dollars. But still, only 4% of global FDI reaches African shores this alludes to some significant untapped potential. You know, Misha, when we talk about SDGs, you know, sustainable development goals and exactly what you're saying about the potential for doing this work on the continent and how much opportunity there is, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, well, where does this opportunity lie? Is it health? Is it, is it education? Is it entrepreneurship? Where is some of this investment going? And p- perhaps if you have an idea of where we should be investing more, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, Ken said, Definitely. The SDGs reflect real commercial opportunities in Africa. Sectors such as clean water and sanitation, innovation and infrastructure, affordable and clean energy, as well as sustainable cities and communities are untapped sectors on the continent. You know, what was so insightful during the summit was just to really get this context from panelists who were coming from South Africa, Ghana, Zambia, Kenya, and Nigeria. I think the polls during the summit also helped to gauge delegates' appetite to invest in the continent based on what they heard from the panelists. I enjoyed it as well. Something in particular stood out for me when Basil Lundwe from Inside Capital Partners said that they prefer to call Zambia land-linked instead of landlocked. To me, that is the perfect example of what an impact investing mindset is. Changing our perspective from seeing challenges in Africa to seeing gaps of opportunity. Misha, thank you so much for sharing your insights. I guess the last question that I'd really like to ask you is, where do you see impact investing on the continent in the next 10 years? And maybe a little bit more specifically, how do you see that playing out in practice? Thanks, Kente. I think as much as we've come a long way, there's still a long way further to go. I'd like to see in 10 years time, impact investing in Africa becoming a mainstream option for pension funds and institutional investors across the world. I'd like to see governments being more comfortable with the concept and ensuring that regulation matches the field. I also think that retail impact investing is going to be the way of the future. For instance, if you and I are able to invest in unit trusts, why shouldn't they be impact investing opportunities that mean you can invest in too? Thank you so much, Misha. I always learn so much from listening to you. And I think this was your first time on the Just For A Change podcast, and it was an absolute pleasure having you. Thanks, Kense. It's been great sharing the stage with you.
The guests who are joining us today include Impact Investing SA consultant Mutsekhwa More, Cliff Pryor, CEO of GSG, and Managing Director of Old Mutual Investment Group, Debucho Naledi. Everyone, welcome to the podcast. Debucho, I'd like to start with you. Old Mutual was the platinum sponsor of this year's summit. Could you give us a general overview of Old Mutual's view and stance on impact investing and the importance thereof in Africa? Impact investing uh, as a subset, I guess, or a more focused area of uh, responsible investing, which is really speaking to environmental, social and governance considerations and how we invest, has been very much part of who we are as Old Mutual Investment Group for over a decade. Um, It was actually literally 2011 when we recruited our very first ESG analyst who sat as a in a corner as part of our research team. And over the past decade, um, that has really become very much integrated into the way that we make investment decisions within our equity process and even in some of the fixed income assets we manage. Um, and also from a stewardship angle, that has also become a very big part of our business in that we engage a lot of companies on ESG related issues uh, and ultimately on impact related issues. So we see impact as uh, the measurable part you know, of, of ESG integration. So for us to be part of the GSG as platinum sponsor this year, as well as last year, so we're very proud to have been platinum sponsors for two years now uh, with the GSG. It was because, you know, the conversations that are happening in that platform in the community speak very much to the kind of uh, society that we we believe in, the kind of society we believe that we're building in, uh, the, the way we have this intersection of environmental and social issues Uh, with our pursuit of of maximizing returns and minimizing risk on behalf of our clients. Thank you so much for that, Debuho. I think you've painted quite um, an insightful picture, especially for people maybe who are not familiar around what the summit is about. Cliff, I'd like to bring you in. What was the desired outcome for the 2021 GSG Summit? And did you realize those objectives? Yes, I think we did. So what we were trying to do there was uh, to mobilize capital for impact. achieving the SDGs uh, towards net zero, post-COVID recovery as well. Um, we were focused as well on emerging economies as engines of growth and impact for the future. Uh, green and social, ensuring there's a just transition to a sustainable world, both the uh, the environment and the social side. And uh, impact harmonization and transparency, um, global standards, impact accounting, the future for finance uh, as as a as a driver um, for uh, for a better future, and yeah, we it it, it worked. We we ended up with uh, two hundred and thirty two speakers from forty three countries, sixty five countries from the participants, um, investors uh, that were there, uh, adding them up, representing about sixteen trillion US dollars AUM. Um, and 89% of the people came away saying we came away inspired. And, you know, it was, we were really trying to put an effort to say, yes, there's really important content that people want to learn and want to discuss and want to, um, you know, get into, into very passionate discussions sometimes. But we also wanted the connection, uh, the connect, the human connection. You know, this is on Zoom and people have been on Zoom now for 18 months and it's, uh, it tires people. They really want to to make that connection. So we we put in a lot of um, of, of art, culture, song uh, opportunities for for people to to engage 
in a more human level. And we're delighted with with the sponsors and particularly with with Old Mutual staying with us for for two years. Debucho, from a funder's perspective, why would you say events like these are important? I mean, if I look at my own involvement with GSG, this was the third summit that I've attended. Two years ago, we met in South America, um, in Argentina. And if I look at the audience around the room, um, we, you know, the GSG has always been a broad community. But if I look a couple of years back, we had a lot of impact investors, a lot of philanthropists. Uh, we had a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, and what I've seen happen over the last two years um, has been this progression of broadening that audience to include other investors, uh, development finance institutions more and more, pension funds, mainstream fund managers. And as Cliff mentioned, if you look at the assets that were represented at this year's summit, you know, they run into tens of trillions of, of, of dollars. Uh, and so this forum really, uh, and this, this community really allows all the different players involved in impact investing to come together uh, to, to exchange notes, to speak about the kind of future we're trying to imagine, uh, recognizing that this is a world where collaboration and working together is essential. It's not desirable, it's absolutely essential. Uh, and this is a collaboration of different players, as I say, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, you've got foundations, you've got uh, uh, development finance institutions, pension funds, fund managers, all with different angles, different risk appetite, uh, different appetite for impact, different appetite for financial returns and how those blend. And really what GSG does is really bring uh, that community together. The other benefit for me, uh, which I found uh, particularly this year, and I think it has been the last couple of years, particularly this year, had been bringing that human element uh, to, to impact discussions. And I think Cliff touched on it a little bit earlier in that, you know, when we sit as fund managers, we're often, you know, dealing with company management, we're going through financial reports, we're putting together financial models. And yes, we speak about ESG, we've got ESG scores, we collect data, we research it. But when you meet at the GSG, not only do you look at that angle of it, but you actually hear the stories uh, and get to interact with the people from around the world who we are actually trying to impact, you know, whether it is from Asia, from South America, from the rest of Africa. Uh, and, and that for me is really a, a very powerful element as well of, of the summit. You know, we were chatting to Misha a little bit earlier and she was sort of painting the context of what impact investment looks like on the continent here in Africa. And I'd love to get your perspective on how Africa specifically is faring compared to other countries in the global south. Look, I, I think in terms of the amount of capital that has had the label impact on its uh, uh, you know, directed in the rest of, of Africa, it hasn't been big, but we are certainly seeing more and more opportunities opening up. And, and then within the rest of the continent, I mean, just given the fact that in some areas we have had a backlog of infrastructure, we're able to address, you know, investment requirements from a very impactful way by leapfrogging certain uh, uh, technologies and spaces. So whether one is looking within uh, financial services and one is looking at the application of technology and how that's been impactful in places in the East Africa. Uh, one of the examples which we gave in the in the conference had been around uh, a renewable energy investment project that we involved in in East Africa, in Kenya, Rwanda, where through an investment, we're part of a thirty-one million dollar investment program, 
we've been able to be providing off-grid solar energy solutions um, to communities in the rest in East Africa, to, to small businesses in East Africa, to school-going children who now have got an energy source that allows them to access quality education and be able to study. Uh, and this is in places where there was no uh, fossil fuel-driven energy source uh, prior to that. And so through an investment activity that is impactful in terms of one, you know, environmental impact, and also in terms of social impact to the provision of that infrastructure, you know, one is able to leapfrog certain technologies. So so those opportunities exist. Um, there's some work that was done uh, by a commission in the UK about three years ago, the Business and Sustainability Commission, and they quantified the investment opportunities um, that address sustainable development goals uh, in Africa at, at over $1 trillion you know, of, of investment opportunities that can exist, um, creating on a net basis you know, in excess of 80 million jobs potentially. And so impact investing is there. Uh, what we need to now do is really see how we can scale it up uh, recognizing that the opportunities are there. And as I say, in terms of addressing social challenges like unemployment, um, there's a massive opportunity through impact investing to, 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 to accelerate those. I think that's so interesting. Cliff, I'd like to bring you back into the conversation here. I think Debuchu, you were speaking about some very real social challenges, but we know that this isn't only happening in Africa. Cliff, what's the context like in Latin America and East Asia? Yeah, I think obviously... COVID has been a big hit in the global south generally. It's been more of a um, more of an economic hit than than a uh, than than a, a health um, uh, damage. And you know, it it really has been difficult. And we 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 just see with pain from countries like the UK promises about vaccines not being delivered. And, you know, the longer that goes on, the, the more damage, not just to the global south, but to the entire planet. And that that is terrible. But, you know, what we've been hearing in Latin America, in, in Africa and in Southeast Asia is is, is, is the opportunities, the opportunities that, that are coming up. And we, we heard this from uh, a number of the regional sessions that we were running. Um, in, in Africa, the regional session was was uh, run by um, Hubert Danso. And just the, 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 the pure energy, um, you know, looking at areas where traditional investors think mm, that's too much risk and, and turning that round to, to opportunities and doing that time after time. And we, we, we saw some uh, really extraordinary uh, stats, you know, the, the pr- proportion of uh, under 25s in, in, in Africa uh, from you know, many uh, countries in the north. That's you know, you think of that as a, as a population boom. That's a problem, but no, that's that's a, that's an opportunity for uh, education, um, investment in education. It's uh, new new jobs, new new creation. Latin America has been having a, a particularly rough time. I would I would say um, because it's you know it's regarded as as um, too wealthy for uh, help from other countries. Um, but not wealthy enough to survive on itself. And, uh, you know, my colleagues who um, we have a team in in Argentina, uh, massive inflation, um, public services falling apart, uh, uh, time after time, COVID coming back, you know, it is is really difficult. Um, But again, you know, people are are pulling together. There's much stronger Latin American um, regional uh, 
sense of of, of coming together. Um, you know, looking at development pools, uh, your own domestic pools of of capital uh, coming together through the the FLE, the annual uh, big event for um, Latin America. Um, from Brazil, you know, creating a Latin American network of civil servants interested in impact investing, another one on universities so that people can be trained up for, for impact investing. You know, time after time, you see uh, countries in, in difficulty and collaborating together regionally or globally uh, to come out of those difficulties. And, you know, uh, that's, that's really what the GSG is for. It's, it's, it's about uh, each country working on its own system, but with collaboration, uh, mutual support, shared learning, uh, so that every country can, can do its very best. It's so interesting. I'm hearing this collaboration, shared learning coming up again and again. Mutehwa, in South Africa, organizations like Impact Investing are obviously playing a big role in knowledge building and advocacy. Why is that work so important? The whole purpose that Impact Investing South Africa was started was to further promote that public-private sector coordination and participation in domestic impact investing in South Africa. Advocacy is therefore a critical part of our mandate and so is knowledge building. This is because the Impact Investing South Africa is still considered relatively novel. Although people started transitioning to adopting more socially responsible investments and philanthropy has always been a thing, it wasn't until 2007 that the actual term impact investing was coined. Um, you know, in investments to make that social and environmental impact as well as get a financial return. And as a result, a lot of work since then has gone into building the sector and building this philosophy. Um, but there's still a lot of work to still do. Uh, for example, it's not entirely clear how one you know, takes a career into impact investing, as well as how to measure impact. Uh, the impact measurement and standardization is still unclear for many organizations as well. And I guess that's where the knowledge building comes in. So it's really important that the work done in the space makes it easier for people to know how to do impact investing. And once you're in the sector and you're in the space and you've adopted this philosophy, how to measure your impact, who to collaborate with as well. So I guess that's where uh, the advocacy and knowledge building of impact investing South Africa plays such a critical role. Thanks, Mutejo. And, and you brought up this, this question of having a career in impact investing, and obviously this speaks to capacity as well. And I think that's so interesting because at Bertha, we often talk about impact investing and our team in the innovative finance space is so diverse based on their backgrounds. I'm curious, how does one find themselves in this space? So there isn't a set path or a set, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's no set way to become an impact investor or get into the impact investing space. And I think the, the GSG summit touched on that quite well. So in the session, one thing that they highlighted is that there's a variety of paths to become an impact investor. Um, and in fact, one of the, the participants there, Kathy Clark, touched on something very important. She said that in a study she had done at the Duke University, what they had found is that the best performing funds from a financial as well as a social impact perspective were funds where the teams come from a multilingual, multi-sectorial experience. And that means having experience across government, the nonprofit space, as well as the private sector as well. So I guess, you know, coming from wherever you come from and coming into impact investing, it's very important to carry the experience that you have as well. And it's also it's also very important to do a lot of self-work in the space. 
So Misha and I actually wrote about it in an article that was published in the Daily Maverick uh, about transitioning to impact investing. And I think there were three points that we highlighted. And the first thing is that there's a variety of roles in the impact investing space, particularly as it, as it continues to innovate. There's new impact bonds and new instruments that are coming about all the time. So there isn't a set path uh, to transition to that space. The second thing is that partnerships are very important in the space as well. And thirdly, I think there's so many resources that are starting to come up as well. So I think if someone would like to transition and join the impact investing space, there's a lot of emerging resources that they could use to self-teach themselves. That's so amazing to hear. And, and I guess maybe I'm curious from that perspective of somebody who then is in the field, what do you think this field will look like actually, maybe in the next 10, 15 years? How different do you think that journey will be? That's such an interesting question. I think it's definitely growing. If we look at the assets under management, for example, it has grown exponentially from when we started about, well, if you look at the stats from about four years ago in 2016 to now, we're almost at about a trillion dollars um, assets under management compared to then when it was just a hundred billion dollars. So I think the space is going to continue to grow. I think it's also going to become more mainstream as well. And it's going to become something that is widely adopted instead of a niche market. And I think as well, it's going to create the impact and it's in the name. But I think it's really going to start looking at how to solve for critical challenges like the sustainable development goals or in South Africa, South Africa's national development plan as well. Sure. Thank you so much, Musekho. I think then this almost brings us to our last question. And, and Debuch, I'd like to start with you and your reflections. What were some of your highlights and most impactful learnings that came out of the summit? Um, I suppose the, the, the biggest highlights for me was um, the fact that globally, this is becoming more mainstream. As Motsawa says, and we 100% share that view that this is becoming more mainstream. Uh, a very big piece of work, and, and we are part of uh, this task force, um, is work being done under the Secretariat of the GSG, which is looking at uh, transparency, integrity, and harmonization of, of impact measurement um, and trying to, to set a global standard uh, that you know local advocates need to kind of push in their own environments. And really, this is around uh, from finance ministers to policymakers to regulators to stock exchange regulators, standard setters, all... Uh, harmonizing around what is impact, uh, give integrity to impact measures, ensure that there's sufficient transparency around them, whether it is around mandatory disclosures or whatever it is, and then making sure there's this harmonization so that as an investor, whether I'm looking at a company in Kenya, I'm looking at a company in Ghana, I'm looking at a company in South Africa, on, on impact measures, like for like, I'm looking at that or company in Turkey, et cetera. And so for me, it was quite a highlight to see that conversation really gathering momentum. It was very much a, a focal point of what we're doing. Another big highlight, I guess, in a way, which was a personal for me, and it was a message given by one of the speakers, um, former environmental minister in Brazil, was kind of just highlighting the fact that if you look at the globe, whether it's from an intellectual capital point of view, from a financial capital point of view, from a skills point of view, we actually have got the resources we need to address our global challenges. What, what is often missing, uh, and she, she phrased it as ethical commitment, uh, and you can, ex you, can, you can extend that to is it ethical leadership or is it just, uh, but, but I think ethical commitment captures it. You know, um, 
and really just to, to remind us of the fact that, yes, we live in a world where returns matter, risk matters, but impact matters as much. And, and if we can let that ethical commitment really drive us, um, there's a lot we can do uh, in addressing, you know, social develop the sustainable development goals over the next nine years, and then just you know addressing our, our climate goals of 2050 and, and the transitions that we need to, to 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 engage in in our different economies. So I would say, yeah, those were really the two highlights for me. Thanks, Debucho. Cliff, your highlights and impactful learnings. Well, I mean, we've already talked about the impact uh, task force, and and that's that's really taken a lot of our energy and uh, a lot of interest at the at the summit. And I think one of the things that came out of that is a, a next step of impact. You know, we've we started off with impact investing being very much uh, a boutique, a small small scale uh, outfit into you know, investing into social mission organisations, and then we had the asset manager, the big asset managers, coming up with much larger impact funds, much bigger scale. And now what we're seeing, and we're seeing this out of the task force, uh, a sort of 3.0 of, of impact, if you like, where we're using the tools, the impact measurement management tools uh, to apply them to a much wider range of, of finance, um, ESG finance and, and so on. And, and having the putting that integrity, transparency, um, harmonized standards against them. And why are we doing that? We're doing that because... You know, it's great to have a trillion dollars of uh, impact investment, but we know that we need 90 trillion dollars between now and 2030 for the SDGs. And we're not going to get from one to 90 in that space of time. So we need to pull in other other investors. And I think that's, you know, that was that was really starting there. But perhaps the the other two points I would I would say from from the summit, um, one is this, you know, the country level, the regional level, the, the, the global level, and how each can work. You know, we do not want impact investing to be another feather in the cap of Wall Street and the City of London. It's 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 meant to be about your country, the the opportunities, challenges, um, you know, the, the goals that you're you're working for in your country, in your way of doing it. But this huge energy around the regions and this wonderful um, sharing of knowledge and mutual support globally is is really fantastic. I, I would also pick up what Tobogo was saying, you know, the, the human side of this. I think that through the impact task force and other measures, the impact management and so on, we will have a much better uh, architecture for, um, for finance in the future, something that is much better for people and planet. But it's the people who will operate it and that ethics, that governance, the, the, the human side of this is hugely important. You know, we've seen wave after wave of different finance systems over the centuries uh, start well and, and, you know, deteriorate and, and become, you know, just another uh, wealth creating outfit for the, for the already wealthy. And, yeah, it, the human part of this is it's is very very important, and we should never forget it, and never never think that just because we've got, you know, good standards and and uh, all of that kind of thing, um, that we don't need the right people with the right ethics for the future. Thanks, Cliff. Mutekwa, your highlights and learnings that you took out of the GSG summit. So I think what stood out 
for me from the GSG Summit was how much opportunity is in Africa. Um, it was touched on quite a lot in a variety of sessions, but it's incredible, you know, the, the emerging youth that we're starting to see from Africa, the opportunities for partnership as well, as well as some of the sectors that are are supposed to bring um, incredible returns from an, an investor's point of view. We're seeing things like renewable energy, agriculture, education, and affordable housing starting to innovate and um, proving to, to bring incredible returns to potential investors. So for me, based on how Africa has always been positioned in the investment landscape, it was quite incredible to see how much opportunity there is. And to touch on, you know, that the fact that um, a lot of work is still to be done in Africa, but there's there's definitely hope at the end of the horizon for the continent. Thank you. Debucho, Cliff, Mutsakwa, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really wonderful chatting to all of you and learning so much about the space and the incredible work that you're doing. Well, what I've learned today is that events such as the GSG Summit are crucial in order for those in the impact investment space to connect, learn from one another as individuals, but also to learn from other regions and identify opportunities. The GSG Impact Summit made it clear that it's time to begin the process of updating old perceptions of investments in Africa. Africa has made momentous strides and is ready for more than just the crumbs at the global investment table. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Just for a Change podcast, powered by the Bertha Center for Social Innovation and Entrepreneurship. If you're curious about what innovation is happening in Africa and the Global South and who the movers and shakers are behind these initiatives, then make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes.